Welcome to the Ambassador Podcast, a resource created by a community of Christians seeking to represent God to a watching world in humility, unity, and boldness. Our goal is to educate, be educated, encourage, be encouraged, challenge, and be challenged as we pursue a heavenward perspective of God's heart for racial equity and reconciliation rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ. What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome back to the Ambassador Podcast. So uh, this time, guys, we're actually going to give you guys our first episode. And so the title of this episode is going to be called Unity in the Church, right? And so by now, you'll have a taste of what the ambassador is. And uh, like we said, we do have a website, right, where we have a bunch of resources on there. You can go there. You can check us out. You can see our mission. Check out the stories. Uh, click on that resource tab. And what we have there are uh, a list of books. And a list of films you guys can go in and check out uh, A list that was comprised by uh, myself and, and, and our co-hosts here, Persia and Tracy And in those we have uh, little descriptions Go ahead and read those, man and, and pick out some books Find some movies you guys can watch um, Watch them as a family uh, And we'll try to get some, some, some kid-friendly ones in there too For you guys with, uh, with kids And you guys can all learn together so, uh, yeah, just to give a little overview, the Ambassador is a biblically informed Christian coalition uh, that engages issues of religion, race, and culture in ways that pursue reconciliation. And so uh, I am your host. My name is Jared Cole, and uh, I'm also the content director at The Ambassador. And I'm joined today by my co-hosts, Persia and Tracy, uh, two women I just value uh, very, very much. Um, uh, I say this all the time, and I'll say it again uh, you guys are, are amazing to be doing ministry alongside. And so really excited to have you guys here. Persia, uh, glad you're here, girl. Go ahead and, and, and introduce yourself. Tell everybody who you are. Yeah, I am Persia Gambles. I am from Lubbock, Texas, West Texas, if you don't know what part that is, um, where the Texas Tech Red Raiders uh, win sometimes, not often. <laughs> um, and I have been in ministry, vocational ministry. This will be my third well, going into my fourth year and my second yeah. year um, where I work now here in Ames. And then um, my heart for the ambassador is literally the gospel, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, as well as Micah 6, 8, that we're called to do justice, um, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. That's good. And Tracy? Yeah. Hi, I'm Tracy. I'm from Compton, California. And... Uh, I've actually only been doing full-time ministry for the past two years and now have been in Ames for two years. So get to work with a youth ministry and it's been super sweet thus far. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think similar to Persia, my heart for the gospel is that people would and myself would continue to get to see Jesus more clearly and love him more clearly. And that comes from being people that speak boldly, walk humbly and choose to uh, call out injustices. Yeah. That's awesome. And um, man, these, these women, uh, they're so great, man, and they—they uh, they didn't talk a lot about uh, what they what they actually do, man. But I can speak on their behalf. They are beasts, <laughs> and so they get things done. Um, they are true ambassadors for Christ, and I'm so glad we're doing ministry alongside them. So you are um, too, yeah. You cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want too long, huh? no. Yeah. I didn't want too long, huh? no. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, man. The vision of the ambassador, you guys, you guys can help me out with this. Just talk about the vision of the ambassador. Um, you know, once again, we are a group of people who just really love Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, we yeah. love Jesus. We want to make Jesus' name known. Yeah. Uh, we want to proclaim his name until our death. Uh, that's just who we are. 
right? That's just who we are. And so that's, that's, that's first and foremost who we are. But we also believe in the power of God to reconcile what has been broken, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he has that power. That is, that is the narrative, narrative of the scriptures since the fall in Genesis 3, right? Is that his, his main goal is to come, live the life he did, right? Die, be resurrected, ascend to heaven, come again a second time, and once again, reconcile everything back to perfection, yeah. right? And so we specifically believe these things uh, are also true in our context of America uh, on uh, issues like religion, race, justice, and culture, mm. right? And so that, that, that meta-narrative of the scripture since Genesis, what it does, it gives us this unifying message that, that manifests itself in this person, Jesus Christ, right? And we believe that reconciliation and that ministry of reconciliation. You guys maybe heard this before on one of our other podcasts from 2 Corinthians 5, that ministry of reconciliation Mm -hmm. is at the heart of the gospel and should not be a topic of the church, but should actually inform the church Mm -hmm. and its witness, right? And so, yeah, you guys can speak a little bit more into that, uh, just that that vision of the ambassador. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think the heart of what God cares for, hopefully, um, is what we care for, mm-hmm. and namely in, in realms of, of racial reconciliation, because uh, God, in His grace, has granted us His Son, Jesus Christ, His life, death, and resurrection, and that grants us vertical um reconciliation with God, our Creator, our Father, our friend, mm-hmm. but that also grants us horizontal reconciliation with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and we namely mean racial reconciliation here, but all types, mm-hmm. you know, yep. across gender lines, across background lines, That's across right. like mm-hmm. any any form of difference or differentiation that you can have from one human to another. Mm-hmm. The unity we have in Christ is supposed to legitimately eradicate that yeah. and only leave there to be love, compassion, and dignity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay. I love I love what Paul says in Colossians 3, right? Mm-hmm. He, he, he lists off this list in a lot of his epistles, right? But in Colossians 3 is one of my favorites where he says, there is no Jew or Greek, mm-hmm. uh, slave or free, male or female, barbarian or Scythian. And then he goes on mm-hmm. to say, but Christ is all and in all. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that verbiage, mm-hmm. right? Um, where it's, you know, uh, there's no divesting from from who we are, right? We get to carry our, our our full maleness, our full femaleness into this body of Christ, into this unity that He calls us to, mm-hmm. right? We get to mm-hmm. carry our full Jewishness, our full Greekness into this body, our full blackness, our full whiteness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, into that, and it's, it's such a beautiful picture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the the heart behind this as well is that so often what we see is that is that people of different cultures go into an environment and what ends up happening is this, is this thing we call assimilation, yeah. right? Where I think what, what, what should be happening is, is unity, mm-hmm. right? We, there's, a, there's a huge difference there. When you're unified, you come together amongst your differences. You don't, you don't, you don't ignore your differences. You come together in spite of them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, you should stand out because of them. This is a body, by the way, right? Mm-hmm. The image of the body is there's, there's, so many pieces, right? Everybody mm-hmm. can't come to the body and be a hand. Yeah. Everybody can't come to the body and be a foot. Everybody can't come to the body and be the head, right? There's, there's got to be diversity in that, right? Um, uh, unity actually lends itself to this idea of diversity. You can almost argue that unity without diversity isn't 
quite unity. It's it's sameness. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. it's uh it's it's uniformity, mm-hmm. right? And so Yeah, I think even hearing you say that reminds me like of the verse in the Bible where it's man, they will know you by the way that you love one another. Yes. And so how is it that we are loving one another? Yeah. Um it is not that like we can't uh be silent. We can't not speak up for the oppressed because we see throughout the Bible Jesus actually validating those who are sitting on the side of the road and calling them by name. Mm-hmm. And so how do we as people who know and love Jesus actually say, I see you mm-hmm. and God is calling you by name. Come enter into the Father's love who's been calling you from day one, um, mm-hmm. who knew you before the foundations of the earth. Like, are you willing to, to listen to that? Are you willing to walk and be a part of that and speak gospel truth? Wow. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And so as we as we as we get to talk about this topic on on unity in the church, um, you know, we have to first recognize and and admit and repent of the division <laughs> that's in the church, that's in the American church. Mm-hmm. Right. You look across America and, and you see in our in our American church there's just so much division. Right. Uh you can't begin to heal or treat. Mm. A disease you haven't diagnosed. That's right. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And it's just so, it's so evident, right? Mm-hmm. We can, uh, it's so evident that we actually choose it, <laughs> you know? We choose it and, and, and chalk it up to, to, to comfort, you know, and, and saying, you know, this is, this is good because this is, this is how people like to come to Christ, mm-hmm. you know? There's so many ways we can talk about the homogenous unit principle and talk about how, how churches across um, decades, you know, have been, have been using this principle to erect uh, buildings um, and churches and saying, you know, this is fine, because people are being baptized, people are coming to Christ, right? But I think what we're doing is we're actually bastardizing the gospel and saying we're gonna, we're not gonna reach um, the nations. We'll have a global missions, we'll have a local mission, but we're not gonna be a a, a body, a local body of of the nations of, of ethnos, right? That nation, for, uh, that word for nations uh, in the scripture um, that I I believe we're actually called to. Right, and that looks different in everybody's context. It's not going to look like a multi-ethnic church expression everywhere. But I, I at least think that um, we are responsible for cultivating that mindset and, the and, the, and to think that way, yeah. and that posture, and that heart. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way, we're not actually we don't we don't turn away, right? Because what we're doing whenever, we, whenever we're building these buildings and we're building these churches, we. We seek them and we build them in a way that if we don't say these things uh, uh, overtly, mm-hmm. we're saying them covertly, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Where uh, whatever we don't say explicitly, we're saying implicitly mm-hmm. when it comes to where we choose to put our church, when it comes to uh, how we choose to worship, when it comes to um, uh, the people that we draw our theology from and how we speak that from the pulpit, right? The things that we don't choose, I'll say it again, uh, explicitly, we choose them implicitly right and i think that this uh the pursuit of unity more uh specifically unity across cultures that will naturally knock down those kind of divisions that we're starting to see in the church um especially across racial lines right and so man uh, it's 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 so crazy that uh you know unity will actually be the greatest apologetic for us 
right? Uh, people on the outside of the church trying to look into the church and see the answers. People on the outside are looking at a broken world and saying, man, Christians are supposed to have this together, <laughs> right? But they, but they laugh because it doesn't seem like that's the case, right? And so uh, those of us in the church, you know, we know that we're just people. We're broken people. Uh, we're saved by grace, uh, but the world wants to know, and they're waiting to see uh, what this grace is doing. What is, what is this grace, right? They're waiting to see uh, the fruit of that. And in a real sense, right, that grace from God uh, that we've received freely can be summed up in, in, in doing one thing, uh, uniting us to God and uniting us to others, right? This was just Jesus's desire from the church on day one. And so, Persian Tracy, I want you guys to uh, elaborate a little bit on this. Uh, talk about this unity and the importance of uh, unity in the church. Persian, go ahead and speak about um, Jesus's desire for that for us. Yes. Um, well, this is for free. This is all free, actually. But um, I unless you want to t- donate, <laughs> unless you want to donate, there will be a link in the description box. No, um, but I immediately think of uh, when I think of the word unity. Honestly, um, I think of the Queen Latifah song "U N I T U I." A lot of people don't remember that she was a rapper before she was anything Come else. Come on, living like, single too. Let's go. Literally, Come on now. it was like rapper living single, like literally everything else. Yeah. 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 So. If you're like, oh my gosh, she's the lady from Taxi. She did a lot before that. <laughs> um, give that woman her credit. Um, but unity in the church, um, I think that it's it's important to start with Jesus. Um, and so uh, I'm going to be referencing uh, Jesus's own words in the Gospel of John, um, yeah. John chapter 17, yeah. the high and priestly prayer that he's praying to God um, about their unity as the two two parts of the Trinity. Um, and I think I'll I'll read first off verses 20 through 24, um, and Jesus says. I do not ask these things only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, Mm -hmm. that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be even, they, they may be one, even as we are one. I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. I think I read that twice. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may also be where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. And so you hear him say, God, I want the people, uh, with him being there in his earthly uh, manifestation, I want these people that I'm currently healing, um, bringing, back to, bringing back from the dead, um, he, you know, performing miracles around, yeah, I want yeah. them to be unified wow. once I go back to heaven, once I am ascended, you know, whether he knew that or not, theologically, you can talk about that in the comments or whatever. <laughs> but um, I want these people to know unity and harmony with one another that that replicates the unity and harmony that we have with one wow. another. And I think that it's important to know that he shared this unity with the Father. And from this knowledge, he desired for us to be transformed by the gospel. He was, you know, illustrating mm-hmm. um, and pushed forth for us to be transformed by that and then pushed forth by the Spirit. Um, hopefully to be able to love and serve and care for one another in a way that testified about him. 
Um, I, I think that unity is an apologetic for the deity of Christ because what we know about unity within the church, we can only gain like as the bride of Christ from our bridegroom, which is Jesus. Mm. Wow, that's good. And so what what people from a watching world learn mm. um, about us as members of the church locally and universally, should show and tell who the Christ is that we worship, namely that he exists and that he died and rose uh, on our behalf and that his life, death, and resurrection legitimately is the key to that unity. We cannot meaningfully know one another apart from knowing him. Um, and so hopefully if we, if we walk that out properly, if we, if we try to walk that out faithfully, mm-hmm. that alone will at least make some people look at us twice and say, what do they have that we don't have? What, what's going on there? Yeah. What's, what's happening between these people that they love each other despite the fact that they have nothing in common? Mm-hmm. Wow. How, can, how can these people from across the country love each other like brother and sister this way even though they aren't related by blood? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They aren't related by their blood. They're mm-hmm. related by the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that should be more powerful than any type of human relationship we can, mm-hmm. we can manifest outside of that. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's oh. good. Yeah. That's good, Persia. I think um, a, a key word that comes to me when I think of uh, this oneness that Jesus is talking about that he has with his father, mm-hmm. right? That, 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 that duo he's talking about is is two parts to a trinity, right? Mm-hmm. And we know that the trinity mm-hmm. is this ever-evolving or ever-rotating thing. Like when I think of the trinity, it, it's like uh, the word I'm thinking of is surrender, mm-hmm. right? There's this eternal surrender, one to the other, right? The father to the son, the son to the spirit, the son to the uh, the spirit to the father, the father to the son, or the, or the, the son to the father, um, and it's and it's like that's the kind of uh, a posture, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's going to be asked of us, yeah. you know, that humility that we talk about, yep. that that thinking of others as higher than yourselves. That it's a it's a, it's a type of surrendering that that bonds that that unity that we want to see. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think the thing that I really want to highlight, even as we talk to unity is what you said, Persia, like we actually cannot do anything apart from Christ. Mm-hmm. That the start of all this will always be Christ. The end of all this will always be Christ. Everything in between is Christ. That's what we want to proclaim. We want to see people to come know him. Mm-hmm. That's where we were running towards. And mm-hmm. so even as we highlight that as like God is the vine and we are the branches that come from that, um, that unity does not mean uniformity. And so what we mean by that is like, yes, Jesus' blood, life, resurrection, uh, the fact that he's coming again unifies us as a body. But if we look towards Revelation 7, it says every tribe, nation, and tongue will worship him. And so that means that I actually, in order for me to even flourish in the ways that God has created me, that I don't have to not stop being black, actually. Mm -hmm. That actually glorifies God that I live out the ways that he's created me. Yes, as believers, we will come before him and say the gospel is number one and I will die to parts of my culture. But so will other people. We can't do that if it's only one side Mm -hmm. of a church dying to their culture day in and day out. And so if we actually want to be a church from a a Revelation 7, one that actually on earth now is trying to pursue what Christ has called us to do today, that require us to be people that don't say, 
man, you need to deny yourself all of who you are, mute yourself in order to come into the churches, Mm -hmm. but actually that you would be able to flourish and grow to look more like Jesus day in and day out as a black person, as a white person, as a Mm -hmm. uh, other minority and such. And so I think we cannot miss the part of that, that yes, be unified, but yes, also that doesn't mean that we need to deny who God has created us to be. True. That's so good. Yeah, that's real good, Tracy. So, um, man, to add to that, right, there's there's so many scriptures that we can kind of pull apart and and, and, and bring into this idea of unity, right? Uh, and, and one of the ones uh, that's often spoken about in, in our Christian circles is is uh, the passages in Ephesians 2, mm-hmm. right? Ephesians 2 is, is this powerful, powerful uh, uh, part of scripture that illustrates how the Christian becomes saved. You look at that beginning of Ephesians 2, and you can just get mad blown away. I mean, anybody, open your Bible, go to Ephesians 2, <laughs> read you know, verses 1 to 4, uh, uh, and, and you'll literally fall to the ground, right? It says, mm-hmm. and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. We were dead, right? Um, and then it goes on to say in, in, in verse 4, you know, that, that famous, but God, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but God who was rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us made us alive with Christ even though we were dead in our trespasses, not whenever we got cleaned up, mm-hmm. not whenever we started fitting in with the groups that we wanted to fit into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he says, no, 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 when you were, when you were dead, when you were far away, when you were alienated, mm-hmm. right? Uh, man, you were made alive in Christ. Uh, it's, it's powerful. So if we look at the beginning of Ephesians, Ephesians 2, mm-hmm. um, verses 1 through 10, they're about this vertical reconciliation to God. And then you look at, those last verses, verses 11 through 22, and you get to see this picture of horizontal reconciliation, right? Where we have reconciliation with one another. And so you see the Apostle Paul, who is the author of Ephesians and the majority of the New Testament, this horizontal reconciliation that he's talking about, this relationship that we're to have amongst our brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, this isn't an add-on to the gospel. This isn't something that you just tack on and say, uh, be reconciled, <laughs> you know, this, this reconciliation, form of reconciliation that, that Paul is talking about is, is actually central to the gospel, right? You have to believe that if, if we're going to actually harbor this idea of unity in the church. In that first century church, the Jews who profess Christ were actually tempted to discriminate and alienate themselves from the Gentiles, Right, almost every letter that Paul uh, uh, talks about, he's mm-hmm. he's talking about, yo, stop talking about your differences, stop mm-hmm. talking about circumcision, stop talking about these rituals, yo, mm-hmm. be be unified, mm-hmm. come together, it, it doesn't matter, right? Um, and so yeah, like even even when the the, the Gentiles they've professed faith in Christ, mm-hmm. right? There's still these barriers that people tend to pull up. Right, and that's such a familiar thing, uh, I think, in our society, in our American church, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, yeah, and I feel like in America, uh, we see this all the time, mm-hmm. and we see it. And you guys can, can chime in on this, man. We we're extremely divided here in America. Yeah. You know, we we say we want to see a unified church, but we don't care enough <laughs> to yeah. see a unified church. The care's not there. The conviction's not there, right? We're, we're divided. Uh, when you look at the statistics of the church in America and, and you look all across the board from different denominations, it is 
disproportionately uh, one culture, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that that are Christians in America. Uh, well, and I, I think that I think that it's e- reconciliation, racial reconciliation, mm-hmm. is something that easy that's really easy to want in theory. Yeah. Yeah. It's something mm-hmm. really easy to want, you know, yep. on the surface. Yeah. But a lot of times. It, at least it's communicated to me, mm. you know, implicitly, explicitly, um, in so many ways. Yeah. Leave, like, bring your black face to the door, right. mm. but leave your black voice in the car. That's good. Mm. You know, like, like legitimately, your blackness, the, the burdens that come with it, yeah. leave that outside, but bring your face, your mm-hmm. pigment with you so yeah. we can portray, you wow. know what I'm saying? And that's, that's and that's not a malicious thing. It's yeah. something you don't even know you're asking of someone. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the time. Yeah. Sometimes it's another story. But like, yeah. a lot of times, a lot of black people don't know that that's what's being asked of them and yet still play that part. That's right. Mm. You know, I've felt that pressure before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I think that's that's so important to point out, Persia, because um, I get a lot of questions. Right when I whenever I bring those things up in conversation with mm-hmm. my white brothers and sisters, the the first question that I often get is, uh, "Who's telling you that?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, has someone came out and told you? You know, you can't be your full authentic black self in mm-hmm. these spaces. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's it's so. I don't know if I can say it's it's crazy that that's the question that comes up. I feel like it, it may be an authentic question, mm-hmm. you know, um, but they see it. They can they have to see it whenever uh, we start talking about things that matter. Whenever mm-hmm. we start bringing up the the feelings that we feel like we've been yeah. suppressing to yeah. be in these spaces, mm-hmm. right? Whenever we bring those things up, and then they go either ignored mm-hmm. or they're pushed to the side mm-hmm. or they're appeased yeah. or, or, or buffed by, by some other means, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's there, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like here, it's like here, here's a, here's a bone, here's a tree, mm-hmm. you know, chew on that for a little while, mm-hmm. uh, you know, until you, until you calm down and come back, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's, it's like, yeah, that's, that is so true. That's so true across so many uh, primarily white spaces, I think in America, mm-hmm. that's, that's a real good point to, yeah. to point out. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, like this, this divided. It's so embedded into the American culture. It's not just in our in our churches. This this divide across racial lines, right? It, it's it's evident in income. Yeah. It's evident in our neighborhoods. Yeah. It's evident in our schools. Um, it's evident in our politics, right? And we don't got to go there to politics right now on this podcast. Um, but even if we think about our cultural moment now, like we, we're divided in terms of justice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we're so divided. Uh, we can't seem to agree on things. We can't, we can't look at the news, the same exact news, sitting mm-hmm. side by side, look at the same thing and get the, fa- and get the, the facts, the ideas, and feel the same way. Mm-hmm. We're brothers and sisters in Christ, and we can't feel the same way about the, the very thing that we're seeing on television. Yeah. We can't receive news in our ears. We can't read uh, articles on Twitter. We can't look at the highlight on Facebook or mm-hmm. Instagram, look at a story, and feel the same way with our brothers and sisters across cultural lines. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. If we are in Christ how we say we are in Christ, if we're bearing one another burdens as we're called to bear one another's burdens— where where is that? Where has that been? Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like even hearing you say that, was it MLK that talked about like we live two different Americas? Mm. Hmm. 
I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure who it was. I mean, yeah. just drop somebody. MLK. Yeah, I mean, it's a good word, anyway. It's true. Yeah. Someone said it. <laughs> he, he probably felt Someone. that way. Someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't quote me on who it was. Malcolm X. Malcolm X. And then my friend George Washington Carver said somebody. But I think even as you say that, Jared, that reminds me as I think about my own life, like. I was blind to my sin. I needed Jesus to actually come in and convict me of my brokenness and my neediness. But that came from me saying, I can't do it on my own. I actually need Christ to open up my eyes. And so I think even to move towards that posture for people to see, even get a, a, a vision of what God is calling us towards unity requires for people to go to God's word, yep. be convicted by what is true of what he says, yep. and allow the Holy Spirit to move in them to say, I want to see, I want to listen, I want to move yeah. towards what the gospel says. That's right. That's right. That's so good. That's so good. And, and I think it's important to, to point out that in my personal experience, and you guys can maybe testify to this, is that, you know, we've, you know, by the grace of God, but it's also a tragedy that I start to see some of that right now in this cultural moment with the, with the death of, with the assassination, the murder mm-hmm. of George Floyd, right? Um, I've seen, I've heard, and I've felt hearts turn before my eyes, mm. you know? Um, a lot of times you, I mean, we, there's, sometimes during these, during these kind of things, there's tears that come, mm-hmm. there's apologies that come that are super insincere, right? Um, but I think if, if you're in tune with the spirit, you can, you can see a genuine conviction whenever you see it. And, and, and I do want to yeah. give that caveat that, man, I've seen, mm-hmm. I've seen my handful, you know, uh, one would be enough to fall on the floor and place God for, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but man, there's, there's so much more, there's so much more hope in me whenever I see those things. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, and so to, uh, to kind of wrap up the podcast, I, I wanted to, um, just give out some more practical things that we can think about. Uh, I know you're probably going to say practical things that you could do, <laughs> but um, man, before we move to the to the to the doing, we have to do uh, just the mulling over. Like there's a there's a time, there's a process yeah. in in how we can better think about things, how better we can uh, uh, be convicted. Let it sit in our hearts for a minute. And so, man, what I what I what I do is uh, I've been reading a lot of books, and uh, one of the books that's touched me lately is uh, this book by Christina Cleveland called "Disunity in the Church." Right, and in this book, she does a phenomenal job of uh, pointing out what uh, this disunity in the church looks like, and 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 what it would mean if we could kind of appease some of this disunity. And so a couple, a couple bullet points I want to give you guys. There's three points I have here um, is that uh, Christina Cleveland says uh, in a paraphrase that disunity is in the church because we actually prefer homogeneity, right? Mm-hmm. You guys can maybe testify to that. Like we actually prefer homogeneity as, as a, as humans, as living beings, um, Sameness, likeness is super attractive, yeah. <laughs> right? It's, it's super attractive. Um, uh, cultural isolation, it's a, it's a natural thing that we desire and, and it's really comforting for us, right? Groupthink 
groupthink is intoxicating. So even even whenever we we may see a little bit of diversity, um, the the minorities are are drowned out by the groupthink, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes back to what you were kind of kind of saying, Persia, is that it's hard to stand out in your own convictions. It's mm-hmm. it, it's hard to to come in fully and not check yourself at the door, mm-hmm. right? If you if you didn't, you could you could impact that groupthink, mm-hmm. right? And so I think what could, what would be helpful. Um, uh, to appease some of this disunity is like, man, invite for hom- for homogenous places. You've got to invite people who are different to in- inside the door mm-hmm. into those tables, and then allow a voice, mm-hmm. and not only allow the voice, but then believe the voice, mm-hmm. believe the narrative that you're hearing. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, this disunity in the church because of homogeneity, like it. It literally should not be, mm-hmm. right? When we think of the the church in Acts and, and when it first began, right? When when Paul and, and Barnabas went down to Antioch and they were first called Christians in Antioch, you know, they were doing the Lord's work before then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they were they were doing everything, uh, but it, but it wasn't until then when people saw them and all their diversity and unity unified around the the foot of the cross that the Bible literally tells us they were first called Christians then, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's crazy to think about. And so the second bullet point, um, disunity in the church. Uh, we have disunity in the church because we don't have courageous conversations, mm-hmm. right? And that's something that we hope the ambassador is actually gonna gonna play a part in, mm-hmm. is encouraging these courageous conversations, encouraging the hard conversation, Right, everything. It seems like in our churches that everything that doesn't not fit into a couple categories is considered political. We got to stop doing that. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we got to stop doing that. Whenever we start talking about something that's uh, difficult, something that we can't readily I- I identify with or we're opposed to, we have to stop tagging it with that political tagline and, and, and say it's off limits to talk about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that's what we call compartmentalization. You can't compartmentalize your faith if you want unity in your church, right? Um, and so the third point, disunity is in the church because churches are afraid to lose. They're afraid to lose, right? And this is, this is a tough point to make, um, but, but, it's, but it's a real honest point to make, right? When when money starts walking out of the door, when, when people start walking out of the door, right? You have to kind of reel those things in. There's, there's a tendency to reel those things in, right? But um, people think that disunity causes those things. But I think like real, genuine, biblical unity causes, causes those things, right? And so the idea is that like there's a, there's, there's a cost account if you're going to pursue that, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we think of in terms of being unified in Christ, these things, these three bullet points, they, they can't be, mm-hmm. right? They, they simply can't be. And so instead of pursuing homogeneity, we have to intentionally pursue diversity, right? And instead of shying away from having the hard conversations, we have to create the space for the people and groups who disagree to actually come together, sit across face-to-face and discuss those views in a civil and practical and productive manner. And instead of being afraid to lose, we need to count those costs of what is hindering biblical righteousness, biblical justice, biblical change, biblical reconciliation, and then surely and humbly part ways with it, mm-hmm. right? 
So, um, man, this is this is a hard conversation to have. This is this is tough to kind of trudge through, right? But we believe that if if we're going to be ambassadors of the one true God, uh, we have to fight for unity, not a superficial unity that 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 breeds things like homogeneity and and fragility in in conversations and this fear of actually losing what really doesn't matter, right? Uh, if if we're going to be ambassadors, we're going to have to count those costs and move forward in those things. And so, as we as we close the podcast, I just want to uh, man just ask you guys to think about those things, uh, be encouraged, uh, make sure you you stick around. Right? Uh, we appreciate you guys for tuning in, uh, Persian Tracy. You guys have been great, uh, and I'm really looking forward to discussing more of these topics in the coming weeks. Right. We hope for you listeners that this has been a helpful resource and we encourage you to visit our website at www.weareambassador.com where we will be uploading a consistent stream of resources for you to dive into. If you have any questions or concerns, we have a newsletter. You can sign up for that and you'll receive frequent updates and an opportunity to send in questions or pursue conversation with us. And we would really, really be looking forward to that. So uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back soon. Thank you for listening to the Ambassador Podcast. If you would like to hear more episodes or get more information about the Ambassador, please check out our website at www.weareambassador.com.